Welcome back to episode 154 of Your Best Year Starts Here with me. Uh, uh, can't even get my own name right today. So I remembered the episode number and then I couldn't even pronounce my own name. But there you go. I'm Neil Martin. I'm here with my good friend, Mr. Nigel Risner. Um, and at the end of the last episode, Nigel, you know, we we talked a little bit or you talked a little bit about, you know, a, an upcoming speaking event in the Seychelles and an exercise you're doing on the beach. And um, I mentioned that it reminded me of some stuff that I've done in retreat type locations. And um I just thought we could explore that a little bit and, and talk about that a little bit. And the power of what I'm going to, I mean, the word's been thrown around a lot in the last like 18 months, but the power of being in a bubble, because having run retreats that last, you know, seven days, um, I think the longest, the longest I've been in a retreat type location running an event was 14 days, but it was, it was two back to back events. Um, but I think there's some, there's some huge power to being in that bubble but there's also then the challenge of when you go back to normal life from that bubble, how do you carry on the things that you've, you know, you've done in that environment? How do you carry on the shifts that you've made? How do you carry on you know, the things that you've committed to when you've got to integrate them with normal life? And I think it's, um, I'm actually going on a slightly different tangent with this than that, than I thought I was going to, um, because I think it's actually what, very, what do you? yeah, I know. But, um, but I think it's actually very relevant if you think of, the way we've all been in our in our bubbles for covid and you know we've had our lockdown in our bubbles and things um you know think about what we were talking about in the last ep- episode about you know being grateful for things versus moaning about things as life starts to open back up i think there's a parallel in there of you know what are the, what are the new things you started doing during lockdown or what are the things you started to appreciate that you'd taken for granted previously you know in your home life and your family and and all of that kind of stuff um and how is that looking now that things are becoming more normal again? How well are you keeping the things that you said, oh, this bit was great and we want to keep it going? How well are you doing with that? You know, because I think what can very often happen is people go into an environment where they make all kinds of commitments, whether that environment is by choice or, you know, situations kind of enforce it on us. We make various decisions. We say we're going to do various things, but then life creeps up and gets in the way. And how well do we actually commit to all of that stuff when the real world is going on around us? And I think I think that's a really important thing that we should maybe explore. Just very quickly where I was going to go is I was going to talk about one of the empowerment activities that I used to do on some of the retreats that I've been involved with that came about through accident. And it came about through accident because um, I would get up early and go for a run before starting the day on most of these retreats. And they were in Turkey and it's hot, oddly enough. And so I'd get to the end of the run and I would finish the run down by the beach and like a pontoon that went out into the sea. And I just used to basically take my trainers off, take headphones and stuff off and just run off the end of the pontoon and have a little swim to cool myself down at the end of the run before going and getting showered and changed and stuff like that. And some of the guests had seen me doing this and they were like, that's really cool. And the more we talked about it, the more we realized there was kind of a metaphor in there for, you know, taking that leap of faith and doing something. And we actually built an activity 
around that that we were doing early in the morning where you know people would decide what they wanted to leave on the pontoon and then they would jump in and stuff you know and i think sometimes the environments we're in can be really powerful for helping us to make to make shifts but like i said i think the other big thing is it's how we then integrate that back into normal everyday life without letting life take over and, and derail us from the things that we've said matter and i stress the things we've said matter as opposed to the things that do matter because again it can be very easy in one of those bubbles to go this thing's really important to me but then actually you like get derailed from that if that makes sense it's interesting so i haven't shared for a very very long time so i was involved in personal transformation courses and the third of these three courses was called summit mm-hmm. and we went to keridwin in north wales and it was a macrobiotic diet. But the very first day you got there, the most interesting thing happened that you, it was a week-long course, but they took away certain things that they thought you didn't need. Mm-hmm. And the thing they took away from me was talcum powder. Okay. And I remember losing my shit, pardon my language, because to me it was an important thing. But the concept was that you woke up in the morning and there was a mile run. Okay. And you were timed you were weighed, you had breakfast, but it was purposeful communication only, which was very, very interesting, especially for me. You can imagine. What was really interesting on this concept was that at some point, I used to play this very heavy dance music, but like plastic rock. Mm-hmm. And then you were allowed to just be free and have some fun. But I found it a real stretch, that silence to loud music, and this went on for like four days, and then you understood the matter. And then they started introducing other things because the culmination of this week was doing a firewalk. Okay. Now, I then facilitated this course about two years on, and this was a proper firewalk, and no disrespect to any other trainers that do it over like eight feet. This was a 23-foot runway, grass taken out, et cetera, et cetera. And it was quite a large process. Yeah. There was only 24 of us on the course. But what was really interesting – you did a silent firewalk without any noise because you know, which goes back to the thing you were saying just before, that when people are cheering you and you're on these courses and everyone's hugging and kissing, life seems I can do anything. Yep. When you're on your own and you're facing your fear and the trainer would face you, so his back would be to the fire, he would be looking in your eyes and literally just with eye movement, when he felt you were ready, he would step aside you would face the fu- the the, uh, the hot cold and walk across mm-hmm. slowly with your arms out, and it was twenty four paces, and then you'd stamp your feet just to get rid of the colds in between your toes. Yep. Turn around and then say your affirmation. What was really interesting was that the course. One of the rules on the course was no major decisions for forty eight hours. Okay. Because what often happens is on these courses you're in this bubble. And everything seems brilliant. And those that you love, you now hate. And you're going to jack in your job and all this other stuff. And his view was no major in 48 hours. And it was a really interesting downtime because one of the things that I then created from that was a letter to my future self. Mm -hmm. So we created something called Letters to My Future Self, where at the end of the firewalk, you wrote a letter to yourself, which you got sent to you 21 days time. Yep. And the concept of all that, going back to what you're saying, is that when you're in this bubble, everything seems lovely or everything seems desperate. When you have time to think about what you've shared, learned, 
because the people who are also with on these seven-day calls, you all seem to love, and everyone's sharing lots of stuff. But that, again, is a normal reality. When you get back to what's not normal, but your reality. So what's also happening is people are now coming out of COVID or coming out of their bubbles and going, well, we're going back to normal. This is not normal. No. This is just new behavior. Yeah. And so we're never going to go back to normal. What we're going to do is we're going to go back or forward to what the new norm yeah, and it's a bit like from working from home now, we're going to an office, et cetera, et cetera. So what we have to consider now, this is for everyone who's listening, is where do you want to be one year from now? What are you prepared to let go of? And using your metaphor, when you jump into the lake, what things do you need to let go of that are weighing you down? Yep. The problem is you can't just, I want to get rid of everything, because that's just is nonsense. But there are things that we do that we know don't serve us, but we are hoping for this magical moment when the skies open and the sunlight hits us that we get this aha moment. Mm-hmm. You'll only have an aha moment if you understand where the issues are and are you prepared to be comfortable being uncomfortable? Mm-hmm. Are you prepared to do something a little bit different so that your new reality is whatever it is inside? But you already know the answer. Mm-hmm. When you go on these courses and someone says, I've got an aha moment, now what you've got was the realisation it's possible there's very little that someone's going to say to you and going to go, I had no idea of that. Yep. You've just buried it so deep that, you know, when you jumped into the, into the pond, from the pontoon, you relied that it was deep enough. You relied that you could swim. You relied that it, it wasn't going to be so cold you nearly froze your, your nuts off, whatever it might be. But there was a leap of faith. Yep. Our leap of faith is every day when we wake up and we decide to make the phone calls that we've been avoiding to write the letter we've been avoiding, to say something to one of our friends, parents, whatever. They, they can be tiny. We think they've got these, these massive aha moments. If we just realise that every tiny step that we make creates those bigger moments, but the more, and you'll appreciate this, the more tiny things you do, the more self-confidence we have, which goes back to the, the risk-taking and the chips that we have, the more self-esteem chips that you have, the more you can risk. And the more you risk, the more self-esteem you have. Yep. The problem is we're waiting for this magic pill. Well, I'm sorry to tell all the listeners, there is no magic pill. Yep. I, th- I think sometimes it's also, you know, how well can you find a, a smaller version of the thing that scares you and then prove you can do that so that you can step to the next thing. So, you know, if you... um simple example you know if you're trying not to make a major life decision about i don't know trying to get into a new relationship just as a simple example you maybe start by getting a plant and if you can look after you and a plant maybe you can get a pet and if you can look after you and a pet maybe you're now ready to go how could i embrace another human being in my life at this kind of level but and i'm not saying that as a specific example that anyone should do i'm just saying it in terms of you know there's very often a, a lighter version of the thing we think we can't do right now that we can do to give us the confidence of the bigger thing. Have you ever heard about the, the, the um, experiment that was about putting a plant in the right light mm-hmm. and speaking positively to it as against putting the plant in the wrong light and speaking negatively? Yeah. I mean, as a concept of what you just said here, how we speak to plants is exactly how life works. Yeah. We put it in the right light, we let it shine, we feed it the right nutrients, yeah. and amazingly it grows. Yeah. There are some people who say, I can never grow a plant. Well, I think you could. 
yeah. if you had the right environment. Well, but also it's it's how you grow yourself on all these things, right? You know, what are you saying? To, the, the voice you hear the most is your own. What are you saying to yourself? You know, going back to the Monday, not Monday thing that we talked about in the last episode, you know, what do you ignore what you actually vocalize to other people? What are you saying to yourself? What are you saying under your breath? Yeah, what are you saying when someone cuts you up in the car or when you get a red light that you thought you were going to get through or, you know, or when you get to the, the checkout in the supermarket and there's 15 people in front of you and there's only one checkout open? You know, what are you saying to yourself in all those kind of scenarios versus what could you be saying to yourself in all those kind of scenarios that might make your life work a little bit better? You know, and I'm, I'm not, again, I'm not saying what those things should be. But, you know, if we take the example of getting to a, getting to a supermarket and I, I'm going to tell you a funny story in a sec, actually, <clears throat> something I read. But, um, you know, if you imagine getting getting to the supermarket, getting to the checkout and there's a there's a queue, there's a line in front of you and you're standing there and thinking, oh, you know, I wanted to go straight through and now I've got to wait for seven people or whatever it is. What if you actually went, and um, this won't always be the case, but what if you actually went, Do you know what, luckily today I've got the time for that, I can wait. Yeah, what if you just appreciate the fact that you have reframing exactly right every internal external communication exactly but the, the thing i was going to say i read a i read a, a little thing online it, it was making me laugh there was um an expat american living in the uk and she'd written this little like blog article um about the first time she went to the supermarket in the uk and she wasn't sure where she had to go to pay okay so she'd seen a member of staff and she said like you know like, how does this work? Which register do I go to? Whatever. And they're like, um, if, if you go down there, actually, like, there's four of them open at the moment and just join, you know, and just look for the queue. And this American woman walked up and down in the supermarket for about 10 minutes before she went and found the same woman again. She said, I'm looking everywhere. I can't find the queue. And so the, the this shop assistant, you know, guided her to the end of a queue and she stood there. And at that point, she realized that, in America, what they call a line, we call a Q. Because <laughs> she'd been looking for the letter Q written I, I, somewhere. I yeah, written somewhere. And that's where she was supposed to stand. Um, and yeah, it's, you know, subtleties of language make a massive difference. But they can also make a massive difference in terms of how we use them with ourselves. And like you say, reframing things, you know, just taking a slightly softer word on something. You know, if you've gone from angry to frustrated to mildly frustrated, you know, and you're and you're just softening things, your emotions around it will get softer too. And on the flip side, if you need to, you know, if you need to amplify things for yourself, what's some stronger language you can use to make yourself actually more excited, more passionate, you know, more ready to take action, literally just by how you describe it to yourself. And I'm not saying... Self-talk is the key. We've always shared it. And I'm not saying it's easy because it definitely isn't. <clears throat> but it does make the world a difference. Takes practice. It takes practice. Exactly. I'm going to share an exercise that we do in the next episode about something brilliant to do on that. Okay. Well, let's wrap this one up because we're at about 15 minutes, and then let's talk about that in the next episode. And uh, we'll see you next week. Your best shit is like-